Hello, and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright Mark Anthony Rossi. This show explores all forms of creativity for those searching for meaning and a place in the world. To err is human, but so is to love. Now, without further ado, here's your host. Welcome back to Strength to be Human. We have another interview segment, and as you know, uh, it's always a challenge for people's schedules and, of course, sometimes their own uh, feelings about doing it. They, uh, they might be nervous. They might want to try to sound their best, but, you know, here on uh, uh, Strength to be Human, I always make sure that people do sound the best, put them at ease so they can, they can do the best they can and we can learn and, and listen to somebody new. So we got today Lynn Long. Okay, you probably know her off of Facebook from a, a Lunar Deity, kind of a, a cool moniker there. All right, she's been published in, in Stanzig Stylings, uh, Dwayne's Poetry, uh, Poetry Poetics Pleasure, and, and a lot of other literary journals, including my own uh, aerial chart. I'm really happy to have her on, on board on the magazine and on the show. Uh, Lynn Long, thank you very much for joining us. Hi, Mark. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's exciting because I've been wanting to do this for a while, but... Some instances, it's not always about scheduling. Sometimes it's just about, uh, wow, I, I'd like to have you on right now, but I have like six other shows I'm still dealing with, and i, I got to be able to you know, get the space in to do it. I, I have about a month lead time most times, but I don't like to go too far out. It's never a good idea to interview somebody, you know, and, and then it doesn't come out for like two months or something because that's, that's just too much time. Uh, so um, I, I try to do it within three to four weeks at the very most, and sometimes it's just a couple of weeks. I, I'm going to see what the schedule is. I don't know if I'm going to be able to put you in December or not, or the early January, but I'll let you know shortly. So please don't don't uh-huh. don't worry. Now I know I know that um, you've been working on a number of projects. Each one seemed to have a different theme, uh, but I do know that some of the poetry that I published from you seemed to have yes. more of uh, a nature, maybe slash spiritual bent to it all. So what do you want to start talking about first? Yeah, um, well, most of my writings, they do, um, they do come from the heart. Um, they can be a little whimsical and um, filled with wonder. You know, I absolutely adore fantasy and make-believe. Um, but I also like the fact that within the make-believe, there's some truth to be discovered. You know, there's this reality that exists within. Um, so a lot of my pieces, they kind of center on um, the longing for something or someone only again to to understand that it resides within. Um, I I think personally, you know, just myself being human, many of us. I don't. I again, I can't speak for everyone, but I think we look outside of ourselves a lot for some sort of um, gratification, some happiness, and we forget again that that what we're seeking is inside. So uh, I gravitate towards um, authors who write of a similar nature, like that Tolkien and Su- Dr. Seuss and Shel Silverstein. They all kind of, um, they take you on that journey of self-discovery. And so a lot of my writing is, is about that. Wow. One of the things <laughs> I, I noticed about you that um, it's not only unique, and I, I find it very welcoming, is that you yeah. have more of a positive slant on things. Now, I'm not saying this in, in a way to put down <laughs> any other people because anybody knows from aerial charts standpoint that I, I try to be as diverse as possible. 
not because I, I care about that word in a political sense, just because I think it's important for literary to have all kinds of different viewpoints. And yeah. I don't get enough of your viewpoint. So it's one of the reasons I love to have you on board, just because I don't always get a lot of that. And I don't mean to put down anybody who's writing more grim or more dark or, or more personal or, or the struggles or the traumas or, or the tragedies. Those are important, too. But it's yes. it's nice to have something that, uh, that that can cheer you up, that can make you feel better, to let you know that somebody out there is still thinking that way. So in that, oh, that in a sense, I, I really... I really feel uh, great about being able to put you out there just for that alone. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I um, I, I do, like I said, I, I like the positive. Um, I like fantasy. I like magic. I just like to believe in the wonder of things and know that everything is going to be okay. Um, currently, I'm working on a book of uh, poetry for children, and it's from infancy to the teenage years. And, again, it's all about just believing in yourself uh, knowing that everything is going to be okay, that every thought is just a moment, you know, just to be present in the moment and to understand that, you know, we all have struggles, we all have things that we're going through, but honestly, it, it really is going to be okay. So, so I'm working on that so they can, um, you know, I just think it's important for young people especially to know that. So that's one of the projects I'm working on. Um, I'm also working on a book of poems about beauty. And again, it's the same genre that it's all around. It's it's inside, but we have to open our eyes to see it. Um, so that's that's something I'm working on. Well, I, but, think, I think that's great because it really falls in line with, especially my last show I did, I just released uh, yesterday, where I remind people um, on what is uh, what is discipline, where it concerns uh, writing, uh, especially, is that it's really really important that at the end of the day that you've figured out some sort of purpose, even if it's just for that day of what you want to write mm -hmm. on, because that literally propels you forward. And some of the things you're talking about right there, it really shows that you have that purpose, you have a direction, and and, and you're going to go with it. And, and I really like that because I really think that that takes talent into the, into the next level of what we're able to see and feel and, and maybe carry with ourselves when we read your work because it's not enough. And a lot of folks haven't realized this, until I brought a lot of the subject aboard, that it's not enough to be talented. If you don't have the drive, if you're not putting in the time, if you don't have any clear direction, yes. your, your talent becomes a mess. Yes. No, I agree. And it's um, it, it's one thing I wanted to mention. I had always, um, you know, I wanted to write always since I could remember, but I never really thought that, you know, it would go anywhere. I just, I didn't have that belief in myself when I was younger. And I was constantly living in a daydream world. Like I just, I would make up stories as a kid and, and put them on pause whenever I had to do something and I'd come back to them. And then, you know, life happens. You get away from things and you get busy and you forget about your soul's calling. And, uh, one thing I wanted to mention is I remember one night when I was, I think it was about 2015, I was sitting there and I was just like, you know, what happened with that? And I was on the computer. And it's like the universe heard me. They It brought me to a site called Hit Record. And this site is actually a collaborative media platform. And it's founded by um, actor and director Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And it's just, it's amazing. The, the artists that are on that site in the community is just so positive and so supportive. And it was through them that I started writing again. I can just remember 
looking at it and literally falling in love. I was hooked. I submitted my first piece that night and from there it just took off. And, you know, I just wanted to give the shout out to them because if it hadn't have been for them, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have written anything. Like I wouldn't be here right now doing this interview. Um, and then from there I just started uh, meeting all kinds of other people. Uh, Joanne Oliveri from Stan's Styling. She actually was one of the first publications that I had a piece published in. And, um, then the, even the, you know, the Facebook world, there's just so many writers that there's just so wonderful and supportive of one another. So that is, um, part of the reason I think that I just started going with that genre. And then I'm, I'm a person that is, um, you know, I believe in romance and love and I love to write about that because I, I feel like we're always looking for that, that special love. And, um, that's a big part of, of my writing. I'm sure you can tell. <laughs> Yes, and, so. and, and, and I think it's really important, especially for younger people, to hear this kind of perspective. I'm, I'm one of those people, and it's a, it's a rare group for us, that um, I'm an older person, and I got married as an older person, my first marriage. So I actually have small children. Um, so when I go to the store, we go to fields, soccer, whatever, I mean, often people ask me if those are my grandkids because I'm, not, I'm not that much older than the average adult out here who has kids that, that age yeah. by, by 25 years at least. So I understand more than I, I think sometimes the, the younger parents that it, it's important to, to make sure that you're not spending too much time in, in filling the, the kids with all these rules and, and all this adult, grim, hard world stuff. I'm not saying shield them from it, but you also have to give them room to believe, to even make believe to, to, right. to dream and to have some, some fun as a kid and not try to get them ready for the SST, the SATs when they're 10. I mean, wait, he oh, can't absolutely. be a kid. So I, I push against that and make sure that my kids uh, have fun, have fun with me, have fun with the world, have fun with soccer, you know, have fun with anything absolutely. that they can have fun with because, and I, and I tell them without trying to sound grim, when you go up, you're going to have as many instances as fun as you think you you have when you have a kid. So be a kid now because it's going to be hard yes, to be absolutely. a kid later. So at least be a kid now. That's right. I, I work in the school system, and um, I wholeheartedly agree. It's, it's just so important for them to just know that, you know, you there's magic. There's magic every single day, and every living thing that you see um, you just have to, to believe in it and, and look for it, and it's there. It's always there. So it's, it's wonderful to, you know, to hear you say that. I, I've, I've, I've learned, learned more. Learned more. I, I guess you could say I, I, guess I, you could say, I appreciated, <laughs> appreciated more now that I yeah. became a parent. Yeah. I missed that part. I'm sorry. Uh, no problem. Yeah, it's kind of echoed yeah. there for a moment. Uh, no, I was, what I was saying was that I've appreciated more of that viewpoint now that I've become a parent. I mean, cause when I wasn't a parent, I really didn't understand that as much because I didn't have kids, really wasn't around kids or anything. So once I had them, I had to get a real crash course in a lot of things because I wanted to make sure that I made up my own mind about how I wanted to raise them. And even if I want to get them involved in literary things, not because I want them to be a writer or not, just because I want them to at least be experienced in that and exposed to that. Because uh, as you probably already know, our education system, oftentimes uh, they remove the classics, they remove anything they think is controversial. Yeah. A lot of schools don't even teach cursive anymore. 
I got I got one son. He goes to the school. Everything is on the computer. Everything. Isn't that amazing? Yes, yes, it's true. Uh, especially with the classics, there's a lot of books that um, you know they don't they're not allowed to read, um, and it's a shame because it's important to to read everything. Really, I mean, you form your own opinions through those things, and you grow and you learn. So, and I and, I, and I'm somebody that. Well, you can probably tell. I'm somebody from the Northeast, uh, New Jersey, actually. Um, you can probably hear it in my accent. I think I still have it. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I live in the South. And that's where my my oh, wife and family and everybody has been living for the last 10 years. So, um, so it's a different experience, not only because people tend to be parents younger here, they also tend to be grandparents younger here. I'm not making yeah. a social judgment. That's just a fact of where I live at. So that's why I get that whole grandfather jokes a lot. And uh, I, I've learned to not take it uh, seriously or, or, or in, as an assault, insult because it's just new to folks, and that's fine. But um, it also means, too, that, you know, when the educational system, I, you know, I have to make sure that I do what I feel is necessary to supplement uh, my children uh, with things that I don't always feel is, is apparent there or available there. This way they have the kind of education that I think they should have and that I had. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, now, um, I know that you were mentioning uh, some of the projects that you already have out, but there was a project that you were still working on that you're not actually done with yet? Yes, I'm working on – it's actually been a couple years in the making. Um, it's So it is slow moving, but it's, it's true to my heart, and it also um, it's also what started uh, me back into writing. I have um, – had a story. The premise is it's about two stars. The characters are stars, and it's it's based again on on love and how it transcends time and space. And basically, the the two stars they they want to know what it's like to be human. You know, they want to know what it's like to experience uh, pain and joy and heartache and just everything that a human would experience. Um, the catch for them is that they meet up as humans over and over and over again throughout time, but they never remember one another. And they have to to re-remember that they once knew each other, and then they always have to part. And so it's, it's um, it has the, the melodramatic sadness to it, um, and the universe has to grant them their wish, but that is her, that is her way of teaching them a lesson to, um, to understand that the love really is within. And they will have to go through this journey, this this tremendous journey, in order to understand that. And it's um it's been it's been in the making for a bit. Um, I'm still toying with it becoming animated. Um, it's something that I would would like to do. Um, so that is something I'm working on. Well, I'm definitely interested in in, in checking that out, and I'm glad, <laughs> and I'm glad that you're doing that. And and one of the main reasons why I'm glad that you're doing that is because as I hear you describe it. You know, I, I hear someone talking about love in, in, a, in a more pure sense. Now, I, I'm not a prude, and, and I'm certainly not a, a genius about what love is. But what I do know is that on the on the commercial level of love, or what we see from times from the Hollywood, uh, to me, it doesn't seem like love. It, 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 it seems like something else that that's that's if, if not dirty, uh, at least less than love. But they call it love. So I, I yes. like I like how you describe it and what you're trying to do because to me it, it, it seems more pure to maybe the way 
we should try to grab grab things because sometimes uh, you're going to have a day or a week or hell even a month where um, all you have left is, is is love because everything else is, is is bad and sometimes that is the anchor to keep you going you know until you can get through something so I'm glad that you write about that sort of stuff and, and you describe it in that kind of way because uh, we oh, need we need more of that in in, in literary world and in the world in general. And definitely on this show, because I, I don't get a chance to talk about that as much as I, I'd like to. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm hoping that um, I you know, can finish it with, I don't know, my goal is to finish it within the year um, and then see where I can take it from there. I'm also working on a book, again, about, um, like I said, about beauty. Um, there's that, and then the children's book, and then just... You know, just kind of continuing my daily writing on my blog and, and my poetry site. And, um, but for me, it, it is about that, that seeking and the finding and, um, the more in-depth understanding how it really comes from within. And, and I'm still on my own journey with that. And, and I forget some days, you know, that it's all about loving ourselves. You know, as humans, we, we are hard on ourselves. So it's, it's something important to my heart so I can pass that on. Yeah, uh, and I, and I agree, and you're right. Yeah, because we're human, we're we're gonna fall sometimes, and it's not really the fall that I worry about. It's just that whether you're gonna get up and how you're gonna get up that really matters in in the end of things. And uh, I I really really like what you what you're doing and what you're saying because I just don't hear enough of it. To me, it's like a, a real big, you know, a real big uh, like storm of of, of positive force, and, and and I really like to see that because I, I deal with a lot of people who have uh, some tough things that are going on and and and, and traumas and, and therapies that they're working through and, and and important truths that need to be told. So don't get me wrong, and those things are important. I, I like to to work with that and promote that and, and get that out there. But uh, you know, we we need to also have some of the light to help balance some of that that darkness too. Yeah, and, and some of the great you know. Um, works of literature that that I love, like I said, with Tolkien and um, Dr. Seuss, Shel Silverstein. They they are they do that. They they write about life's ups and downs, but they they do it in a way that you're you come to understand that it's all within, that everything is your perception, and they show you positive ways and lessons, all with their word. I mean, it's just amazing when you think about it that. They could write something like that and, and teach you something, and yet it's really something that you've already known with inside of yourself, and and that's that's just something I love. I, I just find it wondrous, you know. I, and I do too, because when I think about what you're talking about, just in the literary sense, there's a lot of parallels. Because oftentimes, for somebody to try to not only find the love in themselves, but then try to practice it. It's in many ways no different than the creative process because that means that you have to do some investigation, have some faith, <laughs> take t- take a yes. chance and have a little bit of a courage to do so. All of those things, are, are me, are, are very creative and literary. And I think that's the reason why uh, I, I always find love to be a fascinating subject because I don't think it's corny like what Hallmark does, which to me, I, I, <laughs> it, it ruins love, in my opinion. But I, I think love and, and, and the creative force, in many ways, they, they have a connection and, and they seem to share a lot of attributes. Yes, yes. And it, like you said, I love what you said about the bravery and the faith. I mean, that's a huge part of it. Um, just every day, you know, getting up and 
and trying something new and stepping out of your shell and just stepping out in faith, you know? That that's what it's about. It's some of the hardest things that 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 you have to talk about or or to try to uh, convince somebody or, or lead somebody to because uh yes. you you can't give somebody faith. You can give somebody love, and I don't mean the physical way, but I mean you could give somebody love, but you really can't give them faith. So I, I know from a parental aspect, I mean I can love my children, but I really can't lead them to faith. They have to start learning that themselves. I could give them some pointers and some of my own ideas, some of the ways that maybe I arrived there, but I don't know if they can do that or not. I, I found that sometimes they can, and other times they're just children and like, ah, oh, I give up. So it's part of the parent to help them, you know, pick them back up again. But I did learn that you really just can't give somebody the faith. You can just kind of give them some basic tools and, you know, hope to God that, you know, that they're going to grab onto it. Absolutely. That that's I've discovered that too. Um and it's a hard thing because you want to be able to, you know, give that to them and the realization that they have to discover it on their own. And I think that's why, like I said, I love some of those um writers that I mentioned because in their stories they, they help do that. They they really especially for small children, you know, on the Dr. Seuss level, it, it really is a most of his books are about believing in yourself or, or finding that faith or knowing that it's going to be okay. And, of course, he does it in the whimsical rhyming uh, pattern, so it, it also makes it really great. It, it, it does, and I, I, I believe it or not, um, I read it when I was a kid. I read it when I was a kid. And yeah. I make sure my kids did as well. And um, I'm a real believer in what, he, what he's uh, always trying to do. So I, you don't have to... You know, um, to establish yourself as some kind of intellectual. Yeah, I know all about Dickens and Huxley and uh, all that. Forget about that Dr. Seuss guy. No, to me, he's important too, especially in the in the real world of doing things. You know, I I can't get a lot of Dickens from my kids. Uh, some ghost and a Christmas dude, and then he's good at the end. They don't care. But it, Dr. Seuss, it rings true to them, and and there are lessons that they need to have. So I like that, yeah. and I, I think that. Also, times you learned a lot about, uh, you know, how stupid prejudice to with, with Dr. Seuss as well. Yeah, one of my favorite um, books of his is Oh, the Places You'll Go. And that that book just, you know, really says it all. And one of the favorite, um, I have a page open to it um, that I love. You know, it addresses when you ha have fear. It addresses when, again, you're not sure about doing something or you know, well, what if I do this? Or maybe this will happen. And um, I'll just read you this real quick. But it says, uh, you will come to a place where the streets are not marked. Some windows are lighted, but mostly they're dark. A place you could sprain both elbow and chin. Do you dare to stay out? Do you dare to go in? How much can you lose? How much can you win? Simple it's not, I'm afraid you will find for a mind maker upper to make up his mind. And, and that is just like really one of my favorite quotes because it it just shows you know again the belief in yourself you have to step out you have to to have the faith you have to have hope and just see what's going to happen you know just to see what's going to happen <laughs> it, it really is beautiful words he never really gets enough credit on the deeper literary level i mean uh, sometimes literary folks behind the scenes they laugh at him like you know that's just a joke 
He's just, so funny. Wow. Yeah, it's just a kid thing. No, no, he's talking about deep issues that are in other books. He's just able to communicate that to children, which is a, an enormously special gift that I don't have. And 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 why not praise that? That is such a, a deep lesson that he's doing right there. Because if you think about it, writing is a is a gamble. So in many ways, stepping out of your house is a gamble. You don't know yeah. if it's going to be a great day, or the car's going to try to run you over on the sidewalk, or, or a bird's going to poop on your head the moment you come out of your doorway. It's a gamble. That's right. But you're doing that every time you leave the house with with the faith that. I'm going to make this day something special. Sometimes you achieve yeah. it, sometimes you don't. But you're not going out there saying, I'm going to make this day bad for me. No, you're going out there positive. And, but it's about faith because if you don't have any faith, you're never going to leave the house. That's, that is so true. And, you know, that's, I, I guess that's why I'm drawn to those types of um, writings, you know, and I'm a big fan of Alice in Wonderland, of course, no surprise. Um, you know, my, my Instagram caption, you know, I believe in at least six impossible things before breakfast. You know, again, it's it's that holding on to that belief because I, I feel like that's all, you know, you really have. I mean, if you don't have that, if you don't strive to get that, I mean, life is going gonna, is gonna to be even harder than it can sometimes be. Well, I talk to other editors. I, oftentimes behind the scenes, I don't mention names or anything yeah. we kind of like have a round table thing it's just something more private but i don't mind mentioning some of the things that come out of those meetings just because as long as i'm not naming names or magazines uh, you know people can just stay behind you know whatever silly ideas they have but you'd be surprised yeah. on how many editors that i come across that they don't take children's literature seriously they don't even take positive things seriously and sometimes i have people tell me yeah i reject work if it's positive because i'm feeling they're really just in denial and they're probably just a drug addict anyway I'm like, oh wow! Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's really, like, that's yeah, really that's, wonderful. That's, and you wonder why your editors get such bad names, and people wonder what the hell we're thinking about behind the scenes. Well, that's one of the things that some editors think behind the scenes. That if you're writing something about, you know, you you went through a hurricane and your house blew up, and the Red Cross wouldn't give your kid a, a doll, <laughs> and you ran out of money, and and now you're praying to, you know, to God to get welfare. That's a good story for them. But you know, if you're just mentioning about you know, you had a great day and you've accomplished something when you had a horrible week and then you finally had something wonderful happen to you and that just helped reestablish your faith or regain some of your, your claim on humanity. No, no, that's that's boring. They must be, they must really be deeply sad. They're just, just saying that. I, I don't know oh, what the I hell that's supposed to mean, but some people believe that <laughs> and they make decisions based on that kind of nonsense. It, to me, it's very disturbing. I tell them all the time, what the hell are you thinking? Yeah, there, and it, it's always, you know, um, the yin and the yang. You know, there's the dark and the light, and and I think you need to embrace both, you know. Um, so that that's just, you know, my philosophy. I, but. I don't know what they're thinking because I remind them uh, countless times in these meetings. <laughs> you should try to find some balance in your publication and try to do whatever you can to, to get that because uh, – but I think sometimes they don't even have balance in their lives, so it's almost like it crosses over into the magazine or something. But I, I don't do that kind of nonsense. I think it's dumb. The world is hard enough without you adding more negativity to it. Right. I'm I'm always telling um, a lot of the students that I work with, you know, the same thing. You know, be careful of what you're uh, feeding your soul is what I is what I like to say. You know, be careful of what you're putting in there every day because you know the thoughts. You know, they're just a thought, but again. It does define you if, if that's all you're going to, to look at and, and read is, 
something that's just dark or disturbing, you know. Um, it's it's good to have balance. Balance is key. Yeah, as much as possible. I mean, you're going to have months based on submissions where you might just get, you know, and I and I, we get like sometimes 300 submissions a month. You you might get a a, a real a real majority of that stuff where it's, you know, harder hitting tough stuff. I mean, it's not like you can just say, I'm not going to publish this month because I don't have anything to balance. Sometimes this is the way it plays out. I mean, you try the best you can, but, uh, you know, I always tell the editors as well as myself, no matter what we might like, it it still has to make sure it cuts the mustard. You don't want to put somebody out there that, you know, it it doesn't connect. It might sound positive, but it doesn't really ring – you know, right. artistic enough. It's just, you know, a homily or, you know, or, or a preaching thing or some sort of positive rant. It has, yeah. to, it has to still be art. And uh, right. I don't get enough of that. So I'm always happy to have you on board, uh, oh, not just you. because I think you're a, a very good writer, but also because you're bringing a perspective that we need to have more of. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. On this show, too, because, you know, we, we, you, you've heard the interviews. We, we have some tough ones sometimes. And, and that's and that's fine. I don't shy away from that, and I don't, and I don't, I don't want to tell somebody, uh, you know, don't talk about your tough life and just just talk about your writing because sometimes the writing is about that. So what are you doing? You don't want to box somebody in. You don't want to censor them, and and you certainly don't want to make them feel worse about some of the tough things they're dealing with. So it's a good thing for them to get it out there and, and talk about it so people can hear that. I don't have any problems with that. I just don't get a. I don't know. I don't get enough Dr. Seuss, okay, on the show, so I'm, I'm happy to have that. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Well, um, I have that, and then I have a couple books um, that are published um, through cyberwit.net. They are um, out of India, and I've just, you know, had really great, great experience with them. Uh, one of the books is Musings from the Heart, and the other is Poetry of the Soul. Um, and then from Lulu.com uh, through Stanzaic Stylings, um, again, by Joanne Oliveri, I have a nature book, and it's called The Nature's Musings. And um, a lot of, uh, if you notice my work, I have a lot of pictures of the moon and the sun, and uh, I like to write a lot of poetry um, in regards to those images. So I, I have those out as well. And um, just, you know, I just love writing. You know, I'm just so thankful and grateful to the arts community that, um, you know, they had the faith in me. They helped bring out the belief in myself that I could do it. I didn't really think that I could do any anything like that. And the second that I started writing and I, I got into the writing community, just the support from the writers was just phenomenal. And it, it just really brought out that belief within. So I'm so, so blessed. And I'm very happy to hear that, okay? Because it's what I preach about, about uh, about a community that's supposed to be trying to do whatever it can to help other writers. It's one of the things I'm the hardest on where it concerns editors because I don't always think they do everything they should do to try to try, try to help a person. You could still reject the work and give somebody some positive notions about things that went right on the piece. I really got very few pieces in three years of, of me having that journal, the Ariel chart, where, the, where the, the entire thing was a disaster. Very few. Most of the times it just needed some tinkering with or a better title or maybe a couple lines just needed to get fixed so everything would run, you know, proper. And that was it. And then they could come on back. And, and that works many times. Although sometimes people, they just don't want the advice and that's fine. But an editor should be doing this because 
to reject without explanation to me is heartless and and to to reject without any kind of correction or any kind of path i don't just don't think you're being the editor you're supposed to be i mean because then in the end you're really not an editor in my opinion you're just a judge you know i mean uh so you're just a submission judge i stamp this accept i stamp this reject yeah okay yeah Yeah, I, i could get a robot to do that why the hell do i need you so if you want to be a human being, be human to the people that are submitting to you who also are human. And they might need some humanity from you, not some editor jerkiness, okay? So any editors that are listening to that, please keep that in mind, okay? It's not hard to do. No excuses about, no, you know, I don't have enough time. No, I don't have enough time. Baloney. You, yeah. can, you can email somebody really fast. Hey, um, I'm still I'm still considering your work. I'll get back to you and get back to him when you can get back to him and make a couple of comments that could be useful. How hard is that? You got no problem driving to McDonald's. They got no problem playing racquetball. They got no problem watching some stupid video on on, on YouTube. Then you should have no problem just putting a couple sentences to help another human being out who is a fellow artist. It shouldn't be that difficult. Yeah, I've I've had um, really great. Um, like I said, experiences um, so far, and I'm just so blessed and grateful. Everyone that I've encountered in the whole arts community, they've just been so just wonderful. I mean, I just, again, that's the only reason I think that I kept forward in the writing. I, my earlier pieces, you know, I go back to them um, on Hit Record and look at them, and I can see, you know, that they need work. <laughs> um, they're, they're a little bit more simple, but um, just, you know, Everyone just kept encouraging, you know, everyone was so positive and it just made me keep writing and I loved it. So uh, here I am now and I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful and I hope that I can just continue to keep writing. Oh, you, you will. And, and the reason why you will is because I've put a, together a couple of sets of shows um, that kind of explain the writing process and some of the things that you need as tools to, you know, to, to make it and everything. And you're already doing a lot of that. So that already tells me that you're going to continue on because, like I mentioned before, it's not enough to have the talent and it's not enough to have the desire with the talent because if you're not going back out there to reevaluate what you're doing, if you're not trying to be honest with yourself, uh, then in, in, in the end, you're never going to be able to put out anything that's authentic enough that's going to make a connection. And you're doing that because you're already naturally honest and you're naturally talented so it's just a question you continue to try to dig it in to get the best artistic piece out there. And I think we're going to see more and more work from you that's going to be uh, and deeper and, and, and even more interesting and, and, and more creative along that lines. I wish there was more people that would join you on this particular path. But believe it or not, uh, it seems like the only people that have your angle on things are the people that write the haikus because most people who write free verse these days – tend to write more more serious dramatic things they don't really write as the positive stuff and unfortunately i try to encourage that but that's not an easy thing because uh you uh, i think in many ways uh with the day that we live in now which can be very complex it's probably yeah. easier to yeah. write something when you're complaining than it is to write something when you're happy yeah no i agree and um i actually love haikus <laughs> um they they are like a practice for me when I'm having writer's block and I, I can't think of what to write. Um, I will practice writing haikus, and then that helps me. Um, 
or a lot of times, you know, something will just come to me when I'm driving. That seems to be where I get a lot of my inspirations when I'm driving. So um, that's always a funny thing to me. But, yeah, I love haikus. They're they're great. <laughs> and you probably already know if you read the magazine enough that uh, I'm, I'm totally for them and I publish them frequently and, and I'm always happy to be a venue for that. I don't like all these you know, themes. I, I know there's magazines out there that have certain themes, and that's fine. That's, fine. that's what they want to do. I'm not. I'm not against uh, them doing it. I'm just against me doing it. I don't like that idea of having the theme. I want you to get promoted next to the person that's writing something about, you know, they were in a car accident and they have to rebuild their lives again. And then after that, the haiku person from Japan telling me about, uh, you know, the the the, the blossom and, and and how the snow was falling. I, I think it's, I think we should be all of that, and that's what I try to do with Aerial Chart more than anything else is is to be open to all of that stuff. As long as the person yes. is not being bigoted, as long as they're not being blasphemous, you know, fire away. Yes, the versatility, that's what's wonderful. Yes, I, I like that too. I, I like it just because I, I, I think that uh, when I say the word international and I say the word literary, I'm already in two places now where I can't just be the American dorky guy, you know, talking about this certain things. I have to open up because I'm already saying that in the title of the magazine. So in many ways, it forces me to make sure that I remember that. You know, I mean, I've had someone send me something from Egypt and I mean, he, his English wasn't bad at all, but he had certain like internal references that I'm like, listen, man, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. And if I don't know what you're talking about, the only people that's going to know what you're talking about is maybe somebody from Egypt. But remember, I got people from around the world here. So we need to have an idea of what you're talking about. So I don't know if you can rephrase this or maybe you could put something at the bottom there that, that says this is what this is about. And I, I do that sometimes with some of the Indian writers when they want to talk about something religious and it, it needs to have a reference. I'll put it at the bottom so people, oh, yeah, that's what that means. You know, that's what I told that guy to do or, or just try to rewrite it in a different way because just the same is that – I got to be out there and making connections. They, they, they have to as well too. It's not enough just to be a writer and 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 you know have it translate into English. We need to know what the heck is going on, and that happens sometimes. And it's a good free exchange though because oftentimes they're like, "Yeah, I did take that for granted." We we do that as humans, and I like that because yeah. we have that communication with people. We can learn something, you know. I mean, I want to learn stuff I about Egypt. Stuff Don't about, get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But, oh yeah, it's fat. But I, I want to learn yeah, it from your from your work. I don't want to learn it from Google. You know, it's. I think it's wonderful too. Just um, the modern technology that we're able to see all these different uh, forms of writing and pieces of poetry from all over the world. I mean, that's just something. You know, even a decade ago, you would not have gotten to experience or see. And I love that. I, I'm always telling the kids to, you know, the internet can be such a wonderful tool um, versus looking up, you know, a lot of, you know, things that are not so great. Um, you have this opportunity. Be, a decade ago, I would never have been able to share any of these any of these poems. I mean, I would have had to write it, put it in an envelope, send it away somewhere, hope that it, uh, you know, was seen. <laughs> but uh, you can instantaneously just put your work out there from all over the world and people can see it and comment, and it's just a wonderful thing. 
you know, it's it's really great. I, I see the positive in it all, and I do as much as I can with it. And and ironically, I'm the guy that also says that technology has a dark side. So sometimes people email me and call me out and say, "How the hell are you doing all this?" And you're the one of the guys that I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, there, there is there is no inconsistency here. My books, yes. my books about technology or about the ethics of how to use it properly. Now, what you yep. can what you can do when you're you're a single dad and a widower and you're raising an artistic child is you could send that picture to another dad in a similar circumstance on Facebook, and now you can yep. trade knowledge and you can trade experiences and you can learn about each other's lives and and improve yourself with technology. I'm all for that. But you can also send a naked picture of yourself and be a complete jerk. So I'm about technology using it in a positive way, not using it to hurt people. So because you know it could be hurt people or you can help people. Well, I'm not yes. against technology. I just don't want it to be used in a crappy fashion. That's all. That's all. Isn't that fascinating too? It's it's again the yin and yang, the balance, and people recognizing you know what you can be doing with it. Uh, again, it comes from inside and the individual person recognizing what's out there, what you can really be doing in a positive manner versus the other. Um, so I, I just find that, you know, again, fascinating. And I love that I'm able to share uh, my words and, and that they're out there, that they're all over. It just, you know, makes my heart smile. <laughs> it really, it really, it really, it really, does. It really, it really does. As the editor, uh, what you're doing and, and being on the show, well, that, that, that makes me smile because oh, it, 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 it tells me, uh, one uh, one thing amongst all things is that, you know, you can have a, a person out there that is still working through uh, their life and working through their writing and they're producing and they're doing things that are interesting. They don't have to be some some uh, incredible person that everybody's heard about. We can start learning from them from scratch here and, and then continue to support and, and move on with them. That tells other people that this is possible. That oh, if, yeah. if if Lynn can 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 do this and do this well, then why should you not want to investigate your own talent and not be stuck in some room somewhere afraid to do anything at all? Uh, because if she's doing it, there's a chance that you can do it too. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes, absolutely. That's um. No, there's no guarantees. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I would never want to say start doing this and you're all going to be like Lynn. All gonna be like Lynn. We're all different people. We have different levels of talents. We have different approaches. And, and, and maybe sometimes some people might not find it. This is for them. Maybe they're better off sculpting or something. But the ones that do, this is a good message for them to hear, to hear and, and to see. And it's more than just, you know, go do it because I believe in you. It's here's a real person doing this now. So you don't have any more excuses. Look what she's doing. Start doing it. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, that's um. I'm always just trying to get that message across to, to the you know, the, the people I love that everything's going to be good. You you just got to get out and do what you want. You got to do what's making you happy. That's the key. Go do whatever's making you happy. I mean, obviously, it's, if it's a good thing, <laughs> but no, it's yeah. it's 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 the right advice uh, these days, especially in in a day where it seems like so many people or unhappy. And, and I know that some of their unhappiness has less to do with some big trauma that's happened. It's not some big story of the week. Most of the times people are uh, unhappy because they haven't figured out how to really manage their expectations from their spouse, from their life, from their children, from their career. 
And that makes them unhappy because they have expectations that have nothing to do with reality. You'll find a lot right. of people's unhappiness of things that they can solve themselves that you really can't do much to intervene on because they're making themselves unhappy by making dumb choices or by having expectations that are not going to happen. You know? Absolutely. It's like somebody yeah. somebody just started writing and they're doing well, but then they're telling me, you know, uh, my goal is to get a Nobel Prize one day. You know, and, and, uh, and I'm not the person to dis discount anybody and I'm not the person to put anybody down, but I reminded them that, you know, in a jovial sense, that's cool to say, but if that's truly your goal, you might want to manage that down a little bit because what do you do <laughs> one day when you don't win the Nobel Prize? I mean, do you stop? Do you get mad at the right. world? Do you become a cynical person? Uh, do you, what do you do? So, I mean, why don't you just go down to a, you know, a, a level of a regular type award and maybe kind of go from there first? How about you rack up a couple other awards before you have that goal maybe? But you do have to manage them because I think that in many ways in society, especially in the arts, we bring upon ourselves unhappiness and even levels of stress and depression that we shouldn't have because we're expecting more than there should be there, you know? Yes. Yeah, and expectations, that's what that's what gets us, you know, having these high, high expectations versus just enjoying the art. You know, oh, I thought of this today. I want to write about it. Let's put it out there and see what happens and, and just letting it be. That's it. I, yeah, I tell people all the time, I go, do you really sink into depression when you buy the scratch off and you scratch it off and you don't win any money? No, no. Right. Well, what about that $2 you spent on the lottery? I didn't win that $10 million. Darn it. And, and do you go to depression for five days? Uh, no. You just laugh it off. So it's no different writing than playing the lottery in the sense that you are taking a chance on something that might not work out. That doesn't mean that it's not going to work out in your life or even that week. It just means that you're going to have more rejection than you're going to have those those days of, of the winning. That's why those days are so important, why we want to uh, take that joy and run with it and keep it because you don't know when it's going to happen again. But you have to That's believe right. that it is going to happen again, just like you're going to believe that you're going to win the lottery of the, the scratch-offs. I've won a couple of times, not millions, but I've won enough that it's kind of fun. I like I like doing it. Uh, I, I like getting them for the holidays. I tell people, just give me a damn scratch off. I don't need any socks or underwear. I'm good to go. You know, give me a That's scratch it. off. I, I like winning twenty five dollars. I think it's great. It's it's hilarious, you know. But um, it, it's but that's what it is. It's a chance. It's it's a risk. But I think that people they put themselves in a dark place when they don't need to be there, because rejection, if you look at it on any angle, isn't necessarily a dark thing, because you don't really know why you're rejected unless they literally tell you, listen, um. I already did like six poems this year on about trees. So this is a great <laughs> tree poem, but I can't, I can't do any more tree poems. Unless they're saying that, you don't know why they rejected you. You don't know it's because they didn't like your style or they had already had too many submissions. They don't want to hold it over for another episode or they don't want, you know, they don't like a nature thing or, or you, you just, right. you don't really know. So because you don't know, it's wrong for you to say, I suck or what I'm writing is not connecting or they don't like me. Because those those notions right there are not proven. All right. Now I'm not going to tell you that you know you got rejected, but you're really great and they love you. They just rejected you anyway. Because that's that's dumb too, you know. But what I am saying is, is that when people grapple onto negative things when they don't have any evidence, they cause themselves 
to have writer's yes. block, to have a, a temporary form of depression, to have unnecessary, have unnecessary stress. stress. I mean, if you know I anything mean, about being in a, in a marriage and, and raising children, I don't care where it is in the world, by the way, that in itself right. is a built-in stress. I mean, I don't need any more. <laughs> so I don't need to get a rejection and, and say, oh, yeah, my kids didn't listen to me today. My wife wants me to take out the garbage, and, and now they just rejected two of my poems. I must really stink. That's crazy. You don't want to go that right. route. You don't need any more. The world has no problem giving you a lot of it. Why add to that? It, it's so true. And and really, everything's a lesson. Almost everything is a lesson. So if it can be looked at as, as that as well, you know, okay, I didn't get in because of this or that. Instead of taking it as a personal thing, it's something just to grow from, you know. And you have to grow from what you're doing on writing. And guess what? You can even grow from rejections. I tell people, don't take the rejection to heart. Don't deny it because you don't want to live in denial. Yes, I was rejected. <laughs> but guess what? They didn't take any any effort at all to tell me why. So if you're not going to tell me why, I'll take your rejection, but I'm not taking it seriously. I'm going on to the next market, and that's that. Because right. if you won't bother to tell me why I'm rejected – I'm not going to bother to give you any kind of credence to this because I don't really feel I'm rejected. I don't really know if you read it. I don't know if you filled up all your slots and, and you just couldn't fit me in. I don't know if you just hate poems about bears. I don't know. Maybe you want a gummy bear instead of a polar bear. I don't know. I don't know. But, That's, but oh my gosh, if, you, yeah. if you make some fun out of it and, 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 you, and, you, and these are honest questions though that I'm asking you that I even say to myself, how do I really know? Why should I take what they're saying it's some big negative. Why is that fair to me? Right. So if you do that, you take a lot of stress out of yourself. You take a lot of the the the, the expectations that could be false. So even just the, my goal this week is to get published at least once. I tell people, please don't have a goal like that. That's that's crazy. You know. Just write. Just write. Yeah. Just write. That's send it out there and keep going. You, you. How do you? How do you have a goal like that? Is it possible for you to make sure that's going to happen? No. You could write a, a wonderful poem and everybody rejects it. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means you haven't That's got it to the right person yet. It's really that simple. Absolutely. That's, I just like to write from, you know, like I said, from the heart. When something comes to me, that's when I write it. And there's time periods where, you know, I haven't written anything because, you know, it's just not there. And then when it's there again, I, I do it again. And that's not wrong. Mm -hmm. I, I tell people that all the time in, in the show that to adopt this Stephen King method is a bad idea where you force yourself on certain times and certain days to write a certain amount of words and then work. you find out at the end of the week you got 10,000 words and like 9,999 of them are worth nothing. You're not doing anything to help yourself if you're not feeling the vibe, if you don't got right. that inspirational flow, if the muse is not sitting on your shoulder, if you don't yes. even have a note in your phone or on a piece of paper about a direction you want to go to, what the heck do you think you're going to do with that hour that you put aside? What, is that supposed to be some special holy moment that I don't know about? Because uh, let me know. I'll go over there with you because uh, I'd like to do something too. It doesn't work that way. So why force things when they're not there? Right. It, that's absolutely correct. Um, and the muse, you know, the, the absence of the muse, it happens. Sometimes there's there's no muse and there's no words, at least for me. 
And then when the muse is there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have all the words now. Yeah. And so that's what I like to sit and write. Exactly, because you don't know when that's going to come about. And it'll come in a timing that you might like. You just have to try to be prepared. I mentioned in the other yeah. show, and it's true. I literally told the customer at the bank, um, I, I need to use the restroom. Can you give me a moment, please? I've been at the desk all day. You know, I just said that to him because I had a, a thought about something I was working on. I ran to the bathroom and wrote it down. Then I went back over there and took care of the loan. Oh, my gosh. I it did the came same right thing. in the middle of the loan. What the heck am I going to do? And I know if I put it off, I'm going to forget about it and I'm going to be mad the rest of the day. Absolutely. I've been driving and I have the best, best thoughts, you know. And then if I don't write them down or try to record them, um, they're gone. And I get home. Sometimes I, I race and I try to write them down. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, where is it? It's gone. Um, so I do that, too, even at work. You know, I've stopped and gone to go do something so I can really just jot down what I'm what I'm thinking. Um, so that's great to hear that. Yeah, it happens. It happens sometimes in the yeah, bathroom, too. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Wherever you're at, yeah. just write it down. Just use whatever you can use. Uh, and when you have a busy life, that's what's doing it. I, I hear a knock on the door sometimes. My wife's like, are you okay or are you writing? I'm like, yeah, you're real, you're real funny. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, oh, uh, yes. sometimes I it's not either one of those things. Sometimes it's just, you know, I'm going to be here a while. Oh, well, I'm older. Okay, sorry. But uh, I'll use it whenever I can use it because you're sitting down. Why not? You know? Oh, absolutely. I've, I've pulled over. You know, I've been driving and I've just pulled over. I'm like, oh, I need a pen. I've got to write this down. A lot of times um, when I see the moon and the sun in the mornings, um, they're huge, huge inspirations for me. And a lot of my work, you know, comes from that. So I'll pull over, take a picture, uh, write down a couple words of what I'm thinking, and then, when I get a moment, then I can write it down. And I, think that's, I, think, I think that's great. I had someone tell me a story that they did the same thing, but the story went off in a little bit different direction, okay? <laughs> the, the lady pulls over, okay? And, and she did it in a safe manner to where it wasn't really, you know, that, that noticeable, okay? Yeah. She's writing down this poetic stuff that she she's like, it just hit me, man. I had to do it, Mark. I'm like, all right, cool. I, I hear you. That's, that's what you want to do as long as you're safe, cool. A cop pulls up to her. In the back of her. Oh, no. Comes up to her and she goes, ma'am, are you okay? She tells the cop, I had to pull over because I had this poetic train. I need to write it down. He says, I, I need you to come out of the car because I'm going to give you a breathalyzer. He thought she was a drunk weirdo. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. Poor yeah. thing. So she gets a breathalyzer. She's okay. She, you know, her driver's license is okay. License She's got okay. no warrant. She's got not no a serial person. killer or a murderer, okay? And... And, and she says, you know, um, I just really pulled over because I had a, a writing thought. She goes, I'm, he said, ma'am, I'm sorry. We don't really have that instance in our training. Our training is if you pulled over, either there's something physically wrong with the car or you, or, or maybe you're, oh, you're in trouble, God. or maybe you're in trouble with the law. Those are what the, the categories we cover. We don't have the pulling over for poetry category. That was what she was trying to tell her in, in a polite way. She said he was very, oh, she said he was very polite, but she said, I, I'm sorry. I got to do my job. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. Hasn't he ever heard of writers? <laughs> Apparently not pulling over that way, I guess. But that's that was the deal. So she said, uh, well, Mark, do I get now cautious about this? I go, no, you you pull over and when it's safe, if it's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. If a cop got to do it, hey, as long as you got everything okay and you don't have to worry about anything, then it's just an inconvenience, I guess. But, you know, how many times is that really going to happen in your life, really? You just, it's just a, a bad timing, unfortunately, you know? <laughs> He he, he laughed it off with her. He said, I hope you have a good poem and have a good day, ma'am. <laughs> it is left. 
Oh, that's good. So she didn't get the ticket. No, no, there, there was no ticket to be had. He had to make sure that she wasn't under influence, her car wasn't broken, or she wasn't dying or something. Because his whole thing as a cop was yeah. something bad must be happening. It, it never occurred what? to him that something good could be happening. That's so funny. Isn't that sad, too? Yes. That's <laughs> the world. It really is. Yeah. Gosh. But I felt uh, bad because I was telling people on one of my shows about, you know, the, you know, stop what you're doing sometimes. you got to grab that thing, especially when you know you've been pandering about it for so long and then it comes to you. And I'm yes. like, oh, my God, I feel bad. I almost got this woman arrested or something. But she laughed it off. Uh-huh. I never, yeah, I I never mentioned up. actually drive off the road to do it. I just said stop what you're doing, you know, safely and whatever. But uh, that's what she did. <laughs> Just pulled over. I've woken up at night and had thoughts and I've had to write them down. And, and usually they're scribblish when I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh my God, what was I writing? But I've done that too, just to, you know, yeah, to make sure I can the, try. That's one of the most common things to, to definitely uh, to get done. But again, yes. your, your, uh, your rituals, like we used to call them, the, 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 the way you want to write and the things that happen, those are very common things for writers that are, that are taking it seriously and, and, and obeying. You know their their mind and their, and their heart and their soul about certain things because that's what you have to do. You know, I yes, I I, I never try to criticize a writer, but the ones that tell me about how they ignore this stuff because other life is happening, I, I remind them that you're going to lose certain things and certain you don't have a right to get upset about right that because you didn't stop to listen, so you're going to miss out. That's just the way it is. Remember, that's your choice. You can't get mad at the universe or yourself even. If you choose that, then that you have to live with those consequences. If you don't choose Absolutely. that and you want to grab onto it, you might get something awesome. Absolutely. That's, uh, you know, my younger days, I just, you know, I had that same excuse, that same mindset, you know, well, I'm busy, life is happening. And, you know, you just put those things aside and, and finally your soul, you know, will snap you out of that. If, if it's really your true calling, like, Hey, what are you doing? And that's when I had that, um, you know, waking up, I was just like, you know what? There's no reason that I can't be busy in life and still do what I need to do that makes me happy. Um, and so that was a great realization for me to to learn that and to understand that because you do, you think, oh, I got to do this and I got to do that, and and then it's time for bed, and and then you don't do anything that's that's making you truly happy. Um, so that that took me a long time to to understand and to realize. You, you, you do, and you, and you just sometimes you hope that people around you will understand. Sometimes they won't. I mean, I, I I've made public announcements when I was at, you know, a dinner party. Listen, folks, um, I might have to step out now and then because uh, if something comes to me, I really need to jot it down. I'm in the middle of something right now, and and I just think something's going to come and, and and it's going to complete it, and it could happen in this dinner party. So forgive, <laughs> forgive me in advance, but when it comes, I'm listening to it, and so don't be offended. That's right. I've never had anyone give me a hard time about that. They kind of like the announcement just where they understood that if I was looking like I was ducking out for three or four times, I'm not secretly smoking a cigarette outside the house because I don't smoke. And if <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom three times, it's not because they made me go. It's because I'm just trying to jot down something. <laughs> this way sure. they don't feel weird, weird about it. That's funny. And, no, and it helps. It's, it's, important. it's important, yes. And it's just important. That's And that's another reason I'm – you know, I want to write those poems. I've started a few, um, as I said, for the for children, and then the one on beauty, just to to get it out there that you know, when someone is in a dark place, that they can see that you know there's light and there's hope, and and there's just the wonder of you. Um, you know, I wrote a poem 
about the wonder of you um, for the book, and and I just I just feel it's an important message to get out. Now, folks, you guys can find a lot of her, uh, her publications, uh, uh, books, especially on, on Cyberwit, uh, and then of course over uh, at Lulu. Uh, you you do write under the name of Lynn Long, right? Yes, uh, under Lynn Long. Um, Some of you guys might know her as Luna Deity on on the Facebook. And, yes, <laughs> uh, which I guess means like Moon Goddess or something. It, 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 it's it's kind of cool. And, um, yeah. but she writes under her, her actual name, uh, Lynn Long. So that's what you want to look at, uh, up or under so you can, uh, check out her work and, you know, and buy some of her, her projects, especially the one that's going to be coming up here. Hopefully, you know, maybe by the spring of next year, you'll be done with that other project you've been working on. Cause I know you've been doing it for like about, you know, a couple of years. Yes. I'd like to get that done. And, um, and hopefully I can also get the, um, other two smaller uh, books out and, I'm working on a coffee table book as well, and it's just all of the uh, pictures that I've taken of, of nature, mostly, the again, the moon and the sun, and all the poems that go with it. Um, I do have a blog that's out. It's called From the Heart of Lin Long, um, and you can find that um, the, under the email of zolanymph1 at gmail.com. But um, usually if you just put in from the heart of Lin Long, it pops up. <laughs> that's great. That's great. And don't forget, folks, this is a, a taped show. And that's one of the great things about having episodes that are MP3 is that if you think you missed something, you just got to go back and, you know, write it down again. So whatever we're telling you right now, you, you, you have no excuse. You can go right back down. This is the address. This is this. This is that. And you can go check it out. So that's what's great about having the show. It's uh, kind of like has its own life, you know? And you can just, well, thank you so much for having me, Mark. God, it's just truly been an honor. Well, it's an honor for us to have somebody that's out there doing what they're supposed to be doing. And this is what I like about you the most of all of anything that we've talked about is that you're not just saying be true to yourself. You're actually being true to yourself. The very things I talk about are what you're actually practicing on a regular basis. So this is how you could become other writers out there, especially those that are just beginning and, and doing all this. Keep that in mind. If you're true to yourself, you get to be somebody different, write something unique, and you're going to get out there and people are going to recognize it and you're going to make a connection just by being true to yourself. You don't have to copy anything. You don't have to be fake. Just be yourself. I know it sounds corny and sounds cliche, but it's really one of the most ultimate truths that we could discover as writers. If you could start doing that, I'm telling you, it's just that much easier to, to, to continue on. Yes, absolutely. And and you just find that you get, you know, braver each time you do it. You know, at first it's it's a little unnerving, and then you just you're just like, hey, I'm just going to put that out there, and somebody's going to connect with that. And if they don't, it doesn't matter. I I put my words out there because they're important to share. And if you look at it like that, um, you really won't have the stress or pressure um, when you're writing. All right, folks, uh, that was Lynn Long. Uh, God bless you, uh, Lynn, for coming uh, on and and being such a wonderful person. Uh, Just like she says, it's true. You continue. You'll be better. You'll be braver. And and you're going to do something that's beautiful and unique. And that's what she's doing. That's what I expect that other people will do as well. If they take this type of advice, it, it really does, really does work. Well, until until next time, folks, uh, I want to leave you with that. I'm so excited with the show. We're coming towards the end of the year here. 
Um, hopefully we can fit this in December. Otherwise, it'll be in early January. But definitely look for this show, Len Long. I'll be putting a really interesting description in it for this show because we really covered <laughs> a lot of wonderful things that I haven't got a chance to to cover before. So I, I'm, cool. I'm more than grateful for, for you opening up and, and, and tell us some things that we needed to hear. Oh, thank you, Mark. I had a blast. You made me feel so at ease. It's just really, really great to share. You uh, have a Merry Christmas or, or Happy Hanukkah, okay? God bless. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by purchasing an ebook at Soma Publishing, www.somapublishing.com. <laughs>